Welcome to the Punchline Podcast, a show about misguided entrepreneurship, where I'll share stories about the perils and pitfalls of starting a business. I'll discuss the not-so-pretty stories that no one tells you about when they start a business. I'm your host, Punchetta Sasha Wu, serial entrepreneur, mother to Priya and Peyton, goofy Gemini, bookworm, and super Dallas cowgirl. On this podcast, you'll learn how I started a business, fell down seven times, and got up eight. Now I'm back and I'm stronger than ever. And I'm going to share how you can prevent some of the mistakes that I made in business. So if you're sitting, grab yourself some wine or a beer and get ready to listen to The Punchline. Hey, y'all. Hey, welcome back to the Punchline Podcast, a show about misguided entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Punchetta Sasha Wu, founder of Punch Cosmetics and Punch for Men, a botanical beauty and skincare brand for men and for women. And today I'm going to be talking about the mistakes you don't want to make in business. And woo child, this episode might probably send me back to drink a, a real good stiff one. That's because of the stories that I share. They could possibly trigger some very unfortunate memories for me. You see, in the early years of my business, I made a lot of mistakes very painful and very expensive ones. So today I want to get into the mistakes that you don't want to make so that you can mitigate some of these mistakes for yourself and your business. So let's get into it. So the other day I had a free day. I decided to do something that I don't always have time to do. And that's watch my favorite Netflix or Hulu series. I usually have to pick and catch up on a series or try to binge watch on a holiday weekend if I'm not traveling. So the week before Labor Day weekend, I decided to binge watch my new favorite series, This Is Us. (laughs) Why did I do that? Because I was not prepared for the strong emotional attachment I have formed for that show. I mean, the writing, the characters, and the storylines are also Oscar worthy. I was so not ready for what I experienced. But I started to watch and I immediately fell in love with the whole dadgum family. From Rebecca to Jack to Randall to Kevin and especially Kate. I just love them in this show. So if you've never watched the series, then I hate to spoil some details for you, but I have to kind of do that to drive my point home today. So this show is is just one of the best shows that I've watched in, in a very long time. And it's so good that it's just one episode, though. So one of a thousand good ones. And this won't spoil it too much, I don't think. So forgive me if you haven't watched already. You will want to after this, and shame on you for not watching anyway at this point. But anywho, it's really an amazing series, and you really should watch. And this is not a commercial either. I'm not being paid to tell you this. I really, really love this show on NBC. The show skillfully describes stories from the past, present, and future without confusing the audience. And it's it's just good the way they've created it and put it together. I actually watched 
five seasons in one week, starting the weekend weekend before Labor Day weekend and ending the day before my launch, which was September the 6th. I did that, but I, I, I can only tell you it was really just that good. So if you've never watched, I'm going to share briefly what the show is about and maybe you'll consider. So here goes. And I'm telling you this to make a point. Now, you'll hear more about that in just a few minutes. But there's this sweet white family named Jack and Rebecca Pearson who become pregnant with triplets back in the 1970s. Unfortunately, one of the triplets dies. And on the day that they lose their third baby, another black baby is dropped off and left at the hospital in the nursery with their twins. So the couple decide to take the black baby home since they were already prepared to have triplets. They decide to take this child who is abandoned as their third and adopt him and raise them as their own. They now have what they call the big three, two boys and a girl, two white kids and one black. And the story is about their total devotion and love for each other, the whole entire family. And the stories are crafted so beautifully complicated and emotional that you can't help but connect and get an emotional attachment with these characters and their stories. And at the heart of it all is the love story of Jack and Rebecca and how beautifully flawed Jack is. He was the hero of the entire story because despite his failures as a man, He loved his wife and his kids, but he dies at a very pivotal point in the story. He dies in a house fire because um, of some type of crockpot electrical issue and the fire alarm that his wife had told him to get batteries for could have saved them. That was mistake number one. And then they didn't unplug the crockpot after using it. So mistake number two He never got the batteries for the fire alarm like his wife told him to. So the fire alarm never went off in their home when the fire got started. So in the end, they lost their house, their belongings, and more importantly, they lost Jack. All due to some careless mistakes that probably could have been prevented in the long run. And the name of the episode is called Super Bowl Sunday. Because it was their favorite occasion and it turned out to be their blessing and their curse. It was a day that would live in epiphany for the family forever. And after watching that episode, do y'all know I cried like a baby? I cried for Rebecca, the big three, the loss of Jack. And I j- the whole story to me just went crazy after that. Jack was the glue that held everything together and everybody together. And I I cried also because everybody went on with their lives, but they would often lament over what life possibly could have been like had the fire never happened. What if someone had not mistakenly left the crock pot plugged in or if Jack had remembered to get the batteries for the smoke detector like Rebecca had pleaded in the beginning? Would life have been, been better for them possibly? Of course, we were left to believe that life would no doubt have been better with Jack than without him. But we'll never know because Jack's fate had been sealed. Mistakes have been made that can't be retracted and the damage was already done. The ensuing episodes led us to discover how their lives unraveled as a result of that one dreadful experience. Everything and everybody was blamed based on how they reacted or responded during that experience. 
Now, I'm using a very extreme example of small mistakes with catastrophic outcomes, but I'm using this example for a reason. Watching this episode made me think about how small things, when overlooked, can turn into huge things later. And no, I didn't die from my mistakes, but some of the mistakes that I did make early on in my career made me feel like I could have died. Then I blamed myself and others for things that felt like they could have been different had I done some things differently. And they probably would have been differently had I handled some things differently. Anywho, how many of us have made careless mistakes where there were serious consequences all because we were careless and thoughtless in our actions or preparation? Things that got that bad for me at one point. And there were things that I could have done to lessen the effects of the mistakes that I had made had I had a plan, but I didn't know any better at that time. So if I could do it all over again, I don't believe I would have been as careless or naive to not consider some of these consequences. So today I plan a lot because of the mistakes that I made earlier um, when I started my business. So we're not only going to be talking about costly mistakes that you don't want to make because they can be detrimental to your business, but the far reaching consequences that can happen if you don't plan and consider things when decision making time comes in your business. So let's get into it a little bit further. When I started my business in 2012, I started with $20,000. That was money that I had taken out of my retirement fund. And I used that to as my seed money to start my business. As I mentioned before, I didn't come from a rich family. I didn't even have rich friends back then, but I got some now. <laughs> but anywho... My mom and my brother had contributed a family and friends seed contribution because they believed in me, but I received no other assistance in the beginning. It all came from my own sweat equity and my own financial reserves. See, when you start a business with all you got and no reserves, you have to be very careful about how you spend that money. And guess what? I wasn't. That was the mistake number one that I had made. In the beginning, I spent about $8,000 on products that I had not even tested. About $3,000 of those products were bad products. That would be a loss. And I couldn't get that money back until tax time. So it took me about three manufacturers in to find the perfect manufacturer for my brand. That means spending about $1,000 just to test the products to see if the product lines were a good match for me and my brand. To some people, $20,000 is no money. However, $20,000 is a lot of money when it's all you have. And when it's gone, it's gone. I went through $20,000 within the first four months of making, of starting my business with bad business decisions, not paying attention to my finances, and then not knowing what was necessary and what wasn't. And then on top of that, my ex-husband had filed for divorce by this time, so I didn't have two legs to stand on. So now I had to deal with divorce issues, housing issues, product issues, manufacturer issues, vendors, website issues, and so, so much more. I had a problem every single day in the beginning, and they were not little bitty problems. They were big problems. So don't think that just because you have money that your problems are going to be eradicated because they really aren't. So if you don't know what to do with the money when you get it, then you'll have money with no vision and your money, will, it won't last long, period, poof. 
And I had money that was dwindling fast with no vision. And this is how I went through $20,000 within the first four or five months. I didn't know where to put my money to get the most return for my my dollars in the beginning. Therefore, I was just throwing away money everywhere and anywhere. No fertile seeds were being planted in the in the beginning. Seeds were just being thrown everywhere. And that's no way to start a business. My advice to anyone starting out, have a plan for where you need to put your, your money at first. If you don't have a plan for your money, then you plan to lose your money. Remember that. And my suggestion would be to put your money into your product at first. Make sure you have a good enough product to sell, and that will be critical to the success of your business. Innovate that product. Put money into making sure that it's different and better so that when you get ready to sell, you're already ahead of your competition. So before I share another stupid mistake I made with my investment, I want to share how it was a major mistake in um, my business in the beginning. So this mistake is just as bad as the first, and it's really going to piggyback the first mistake. When I started started ordering my products, I ordered about five different categories of products. I was in the beauty business, and I thought that I needed to have everything at once. In beauty, you do need to stay ahead of the curve and increase your offerings to maximize your profits, but gradually. This can apply to any business, though. In the beginning, you still have to to find the product market fit. for You have to find product market fit for your product. But you need to do that with one product at first. You can sell that one product in many different variations and colors, but stick to that one product category. For example, if you sell clothes, just sell a couple of items first and not clothes and shoes and belts or whatever. Once you find product market fit and become profitable with your clothes, then you can add shoes and accessories or whatever other categories that you want. But in the beginning, you should keep keep it really small because if you add them both at the same time with limited resources, you can run into some of the money problems that I had and your money will go really quick because you'll be doing too much too soon. So I would just suggest that you start really small testing that one product at first, and that's going to help you in in the long run. When I launched, I launched with everything I had. I had lipsticks, lip liners, lip gloss, eyeshadow, foundation, and blush. I even tried to introduce my skincare products too. Every time somebody asked me if I had something that I didn't have, I thought I needed to get it. And that's how you go broke, trying to be all things to everybody. So instead of testing my one product in the market with my one product category to see which products would be my MVP or most valuable or most viable product, I tested various product categories and failed at getting any data to help build and confirm my best products. I also failed my customers because I didn't have inventory to sustain the many requests for the many different product categories. I would have been able to handle a small inventory of a few lipsticks and lip glosses had I just stuck with that in the beginning, but I didn't do that. As a result, my fulfillment sucked and orders were delayed. Customers were unhappy with the service and it just was bad business all the way around because I wasn't organized and I lacked a plan. 
So I spent almost $10,000 getting a bunch of products that included over half that I couldn't even sell with the kickbacks and returns due to damaged products and late products and returns. And then the unnecessary product categories. In other words, I wasted $10,000 buying up a bunch of stuff that I didn't even need and my customers didn't even want. And that's because I wasn't even clear about what I was selling. I wasn't sure if I wanted to sell lipstick or foundation in the beginning because I had people who actually wanted them both. And that's fine, but I needed to be very clear and concise about the problem that I was solving and the service that I wanted to provide to my customers. And I was not. Therefore, I lost a lot of money and capital due to lack of planning and not being prepared, not to mention no clear vision. And it was very detrimental to my business in the beginning. And to make matters worse, once the money was gone, I couldn't even tell you where the money went because I was just spending with no plan whatsoever, just willy nilly all out here spending all my money that I barely had to begin with. However, with limited capital funding and resources, I should have made a choice to only sell that one category, like I said, until I built that category up and then use the funding from that category to help me get into the next category and build that category up and then repeat each time I wanted to introduce a new category. For example, if I had started with the lipsticks only or lip glosses, I could have built that brand up successfully. And then once I got that to a successful point, then I could have used some of the funding from there to start with my foundation or my skincare to build those brands up. But I didn't do that. And that's what hurt me in the end. So... I, when I finally went broke, I was probably in the worst shape of my life. And it really felt like sudden death to me because I was flat broke on my behind. And I had a lot of products that I couldn't even sell if I tried. I thought that I was going to eventually have to shut my business down because here I was, I was broke, homeless, divorced, and struggling with a business that I didn't even know how to run. It was just that painful all the way around. And luckily, I just hung in there and eventually I caught some breaks and it worked out. Hey, y'all. Hey, I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as I have enjoyed creating it. To show my appreciation, I have a little gift for you, but you got to go over to my website to get it. But not yet. After the show. Listen to the rest of this episode, then afterwards, head over to www.thepunchline.com and that's www.thepunchline.com and get your free gift just for listening today. Thanks for tuning in. I appreciate you more than you know, and I have so much more in store for my listeners. So keep listening and enjoy the rest of the show. So last but not least, and the most deadliest mistake yet that I made in the beginning was that I didn't ask for help. I was drowning in my misery and I didn't seek help from advisors or mentors to steer me in the right direction because I was really just being prideful. I wanted to look like I had it all together. And to some on the outside, I guess I did, but on the inside, I just wandered aimlessly for about six years, making mistake after mistake and never once stopped 
to ask anyone to tell me how to turn this misery, misery around and help me get back on track. Two or three times I crashed. I mean, ran right into a building. I went broke, ruined my credit so I couldn't get any loans, spent all of my money on products that I couldn't return and started way too big. And I never once thought to seek out help to get me out of the trenches. How crazy is that? Well, I did it. I see many entrepreneurs making that same mistake today because they want to think that they have all the answers and or they just don't want to ask you because they don't want you to know that they don't have the answer. or They haven't figured it out. That's a huge mistake, y'all. Not cool at all. And I want to tell you that if this is you and you're listening right now, don't be that person. Ask for help. Find someone who is strong in the areas where you are weak and ask them to mentor you, help you, or point you in the right direction to someone who can. This is the best advice that I can give you. And it's invaluable to to guys. I can't really stress it enough. There are resources available all around you that can help you. You can go to your local university and use their library. You can get free business resources at any university online and in person. The Small Business Administration helps in their and every state and most metropolitan areas and cities. And then their SCORE, S-C-O-R-E. You can always contact them. And then don't forget to pot to consider joining your local chamber of commerce in your area. They give the best demographic information in your area. And that is always going to be invaluable when trying to find and reach your target market and networking. That's I can't stress that enough. That's always going to help you build your business and grow it. So I'll be sharing all of these links and resources to the um the organizations that I mentioned in the show notes. So you can catch them there also. I didn't do that early on and I lost valuable time and money and I almost lost myself in my business trying to figure it all out by myself. And it's just not cool. So please learn from me. Learn from Rebecca and Jack. If someone tells you to do something that needs to be done to keep your house safe, do it. Don't put it off or procrastinate. Learn to prevent fires before they start. Learn how to mitigate risks in your business early on. And this is how you'll stay afloat. And that's really all I have for you for you guys today. Thanks for listening. And I hope this helps someone. Thank you for listening this week to The Punchline. If you enjoyed this segment, please subscribe and leave a review. If you want a free guide on how to start a business, then head on over to thepunchline.com so that you can have it sent directly to your email. And be sure to tune in every Monday to our podcast so that you don't miss an episode and you can subscribe and listen wherever you receive your podcasts.